just think about you're having that social evening out. Who are you going to choose to organise it? When David organises it, hardly anyone turns up. When Susan organises it, everybody turns up. That's because Susan can influence and persuade the next Hi, I'm Rene Carroll. Welcome to the Lead or Be Led podcast, the show that empowers the younger generation to be the leaders of making the world a better place. Hi and welcome. My name is Rene Carriel. An extraordinary year. Extraordinary times demands extraordinary leadership. Now, let me just start in the right place for today. One of the biggest myths in Western developed societies is that leaders are only at the top of the organization. It's nonsense. Managers are at the top of the organization. Leaders are everywhere. Every single one of you on this call can be a leader if you choose to be. It's not a job title. It's not a promotion. It's not a position on a hierarchy. It's about you. It's about attitude. It's about mindset. It's about behavior. There's no degree course in any university that does leadership. They do management. Leadership is a state of mind. As of this moment, every single one of you wants to be a leader. You are. And it's really important for the times that we live in. We need as many leaders as we can get. And, you know, I get asked that question, the perennial question, a leader's born or a leader's made? Well, I put it to you, neither. Leaders aren't born. Leaders aren't made. Leaders are found. We spend our time looking for those leaders. And I'm going to give you the big clues for who the leaders are. Look for those in the organization who can influence and persuade without authority. They're your leaders. They're the ones you want to wrap your arms around in times of transformation like the times we live in today. Just think about you're having that social evening out. Who are you going to choose to organize it? When David organizes it, hardly anyone turns up. When Susan organizes it, everybody turns up. That's because Susan can influence and persuade, and that's leadership. So everyone on this call can be a leader if they choose to be. With that as our backdrop, let's talk leadership. Let's talk leadership in 2021. And the first place I want to go, and I'll take you back a little bit. The Beverly Wilshire Hotel in LA voted seven years on the trot, the number one hotel in the world. It's where they shot Pretty Woman. Richard Gere, Julia Roberts, everything in the film is dead true. The general manager is Ben Trodd. They've been a client of mine for some time. Ben is an amazing leader. He does some amazing things. He's inclusive. He makes everyone feel special. He ensures that every voice is heard. He ensures that everyone, everyone in his team, is not just focused, is not just passionate, they're energized, they're up for it. They feel trusted. I wanna share with you a little story. They have three doormen, three African-American doormen, who a doorman in a luxury hotel is a really important position. They're the touch point of the brand. 
they run three eight-hour shifts every day. They, when they're on form, when they're on fire, every customer, every guest feels special, feels recognized, feels as though they're part of something special. Ben works hard to keep his three doormen at the top of their game. Every Friday morning, Ben has a manager's meeting. He invites the three doormen. They're not managers, but Ben's smart. No matter what shift they're on, they turn up for their early morning meeting on a Friday. It makes them feel special. They turn out in their best gear. Ben does something even better than that. Some might say the reason they are invited is because they have, between the three of them, 250 customer interactions a day. That's important. But it's more than that. They are the touch point of the brand. At the meeting, they're never item nine. They're never item 23. They are item number one. As Ben opens a meeting, he says to the three of them, what can you share with us about our guests this week? What have you seen? What are your insights? What are your advice? What are our opportunities? Just by asking the question, he's created a connection. He's made them feel special. Should he listen to what they say, he's created engagement. Should he and his management team act on anything they say, they've created trust. What happens when we create trust? People feel part of something special. They go the extra mile because they feel trusted. They feel empowered. Who gets invited to your management meetings? Who do you invite to your management meetings? Who do you go out of your way to make feel really special? Think about Ben. Think about the Beverly Wilshire Hotel. I've been doing some work with Sainsbury's over the past year or so. Very special business and very special leadership team. Angela, I know well. She, back in the day, she was the head of HR at Lloyds Bank. She's now the head of HR at Sainsbury's. Their chief executive, Mike Coop, who's just stood down after five years in charge. One day I get a call from Angie and she says, Rena, I need you to have breakfast tomorrow morning with the chief executive, Mike Coop, seven o'clock. What's the urgency, Angie? He's out the blue, called a meeting of the operating board, the top 40 people in the business. He's going to tell them tomorrow that 20% of their annual bonus is going to be measured on inclusion. Angie, you know, I think that might be a really good thing. She says, it would be if he'd signposted it, given them some notice, enabled me to align them, but just chucking it on them tomorrow morning may not get the best result. See if you can get him to hold it off for six weeks, give him the chance to align them. His plan to speak to him at nine o'clock. So every I'm having breakfast with Mike. Prior to becoming chief executive, as a chief financial officer, he's a bit of a numbers man. In front of me, he had data, graphs, charts, the results of the employee engagement survey, 360 degree feedback, exit interviews, data coming out of his ears. He had irrefutable evidence there was an issue with inclusion. 
a distinct lack of inclusion. But data's not enough. Numbers don't create excitement. He was never going to win the hearts and minds of all of these operating board with numbers. He needed something different. I said, Mike, how about stories? What do you mean stories? Stories. You need to win the hearts and minds. Numbers alone ain't going to do it. This is so important. If you want people to feel included at Sainsbury's, you need to win these guys' hearts and minds. You, you know the old saying, until the lions get their own storytellers, the tales of the hunt will always favour the hunter. You need a story. We spent about 10, 20 minutes playing around, trying to give him a flavour of stories. And he said, oh, I've got it. Don't worry, I've got it. I left him. But I didn't leave. I stayed in the room. At nine o'clock, Mike came to speak to the 40 members of the operating board. I was a bit nervous. I wasn't convinced that he'd really nail this. And off he went. He told this story. Mike was born in a small village outside of Solihull in the Midlands here in the UK. He was the first of his extended family to go to university. He didn't get to any university. Balliol College, Oxford. One of the greatest centres of learning on the planet. Within minutes of arriving at Balliol College, Mike was made to feel he had the wrong accent. When they filed into lunch, he sat there. He didn't know what to do with the vast array of glasses, cutlery, crockery. He felt lost. The following day, there was a white tie party. Mike didn't know what white tie was. At the end of his first year, he felt lost. He felt excluded. He felt invisible. At the start of his second year, a couple of guys came over, seeing that Mike was lost, and decided they're going to show him the ropes. They're going to show him how you navigate a complex, traditional institution like Balliol College. They showed him around. Mike said his... Second two years at university were two of the best years of his life. He felt he was part of something. He felt included. Mike said to everyone else in the room, 170,000 of our colleagues work for Sainsbury's. I feel far too many of them feel excluded. When I walk around the depots, the warehouses, the stores, I see so many of them who don't feel that they belong. They feel invisible until now. I need everyone in this room to help me ensure that nobody ever feels excluded again at Sainsbury's. Everyone got the message. Everyone stepped forward. There were absolutely no issues about having 20% of their bonus on inclusion. Managers talk strategy, leaders tell stories. Connect yourself with your people, especially in these difficult times where many of our people are not in the office, they're not in the same building, they're not in the same geographic location. They may be working from home, they may be working on hub, they may be working isolated. They may feel a little distance, they may feel a little trouble, they have no one to talk to. 
Maybe there's no one in their corner. Go out of your way to find them. Go out of your way to identify them. Go out of your way to connect with them. Louise Greenlees is the president of TK Maxx Europe. She's brilliant, a brilliant leader. Last year, I was running a session for her and her top 70 VPs who run Europe. They were getting together for the first time. Here was an opportunity to bolster the plans for the coming year. They, globally, they employ 200,000 people. They turn over something like $54 billion. It's a huge enterprise. But for Europe, she wanted people not to be complacent, to realize that the markets were tough. How are they going to keep their lead in most of the markets they operated in? We decided we're going to start off the day with me interviewing Louise. No script, just having a chat. Not many leaders can do that. Many prefer the script. Many prefer to know what you can ask. She was brave. And I asked her what the last 18 months have been like, just a real soft opener. And she said they've been really good. We've been trying to empower our people more. I've been pushing more decisions down to the people in this room. And at that moment, someone coughed at the back of the room. They were obviously in disagreement. And in a very polite way, someone coughed again. And I stood up. I said, is there some dissension in the room? And one of them stood up and said, Louise, we used to feel really empowered. We used to really feel trusted that we could make loads of decisions. Over the last few months, there's been some changes in some of the procedures and processes that have taken away some of our authority. And it makes us feel as though you don't quite trust us as much as you used to. We're having to jump through a lot more hoops to get things done. Louise blushed. She started to go red, neck upwards. She said, that just wasn't my intention. She stood up. She said, I, I have made some changes, but I made those changes for efficiency, to make things run a little easier, a little better. Not for one moment was my objective to make you feel disempowered or not trusted. As of this moment, let's cancel every one of those changes I've made. Let's immediately go back to where we were. Guess what the atmosphere in the room was like? This is leadership. This isn't management. This is leadership. Fessing up, owning up when you've got something wrong. She tried to do something, it didn't quite work. Men else feel as though Never, ever apologize. Never, ever say you've got something wrong. That's not leadership. Fess up. Saying you've got something wrong is a sign of strength. Make sure people believe in you even more. The atmosphere in that room when Louise said, we're going back to where we were, the applause broke out. Someone's whistling at the back of the room. Everyone, everyone felt highly charged. I took a five-minute break. Louise she was by now feeling quite humbled. She, she didn't know what to do. She didn't expect that sort of a response. As we all went for a coffee and everyone was talking, it was a fabulous moment. Remember, be your authentic self. Get to your vulnerable edge. 
don't attempt to be perfect all the time. If you show that you, you make mistakes, you're human. Your people will try even harder for you because they're human too. So look, let's carry on with, with our vein. I've got a, few, a couple more stories for you before we close. I remember the first time I truly realized that perhaps I could be a leader too. Perhaps with everything I'd learned, maybe it's time for me to step up and try to be a leader. I, I didn't have the confidence. I didn't quite believe in myself. I spent 10 years working for Marks and Spencers. I was a merchandiser. It's quite a decent merchandiser. It's doing quite well, but I wasn't the best. I wasn't brilliant. And one day the phone rang. It's Pepsi. They're looking for a board director. I just knew they'd got the wrong person. Couldn't be me. So many people, so many merchandisers, much better than I was. But they insisted. Before I knew it, I was traveling to purchase in New York for the interview. I'd never been in a boardroom. I didn't know what a board director did. I felt an imposter. I knew I'd be found out, but I'd go for the interview. I'd go for the interview anyway. At least I'd learn what a board director does. They gave me the job. Scariest moment in my life. They gave me the job. Came back to London, packed up. I'm off to purchase New York. I'd be living in New York. This was crazy. It was April. 1992, BG, before Google, way before Google. My very first day of work, there was a board meeting. I was as nervous as hell. What am I supposed to do? In those dark days of 1992, there were seven of us on the board. Seven men in those dark days. I was the only non-American. I didn't look like the others. I didn't sound like the others. They really made me welcome. And they were having a bit of a chat in the boardroom. I'm nervous about what's gonna happen when the board meeting starts. The doors flew open and in walked Larry, chief executive. Larry stood in front of all of us. He said, gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to our new board director, Rene Carriel. Let me tell you a little bit about Rene. What's he gonna say? I was so nervous, I was shaking. He said, Rene's parents came from Gambia in the early 1960s. They went over to London. I could have fainted. How did he know that? I'd never put it on a CV, I'd never put it on an application form. Not for one moment did I ever think that information was going to help me. How did he find that out? He had no notes. He had no Google. He talked through my infant school, primary school, high school with no notes, with no Google. It's breathtaking. I couldn't believe this. He was doing this for me. He talked through my time at university, talked through my university degree. But what really made it for me was when he started to talk about my time at Marks and Spencers. I spent 10 years there. I had nine different roles. He nailed them one by one in chronological order. 
with no notes, with no Google. He was doing this for me. I have no idea where, how he got the information. I don't know how long it took him to memorize it, but I do remember how it made me feel. Incredible, incredible. I felt part of something special. He was going that far out for me. It lasted maybe three or four minutes. No, it lasted me a lifetime. As I'm talking to you now, I can feel it. Goosebumps. He went that far out for me. For those three or four minutes, there was nothing I wouldn't do for Larry. They nicknamed me Mission Impossible. Whenever he had a task that couldn't be done, he gave it to me. I got it done for those three or four minutes. In these disparate times where we're dislocated, we're working in different areas, people are joining companies where they don't get to meet their colleagues. They don't feel they're part of the team, but they're at work. They might be in a hub, they might be at home, they might be just on the road. What are we doing to make them feel part of the team? Part of something special, making them feel that they belong, making them feel that they're family. There's so much we can do. I'll never forget Larry. He made me feel special. So in closing, there's three things we feel that people need in these most challenging of times. Clarity, certainty, and hope. Clarity, certainty, and hope. And they're all for every single one of us, no matter what our job title, no matter where we sit in the organization, no matter what, where we sit in the structure, we're all leaders. We've got to find the time to look out for each other, look after each other. Remember, that person next to you, the person that you don't see, the person, that colleague, the person who's on the Zoom call. Not everything needs to be Zoom anymore. Louise at TK Maxx, every Friday, she gets out her phone, lists the numbers, and she calls people on the phone. Not Zoom, not Microsoft Teams, on the phone. She used to be able to do management by walking around wander around the building, wander around different floors, just talking to people without an agenda, without a to-do list, just managing by walking around, being visible, connecting with people. She now does that on the phone. Just calls people with no agenda, not a progress chase, not a to-do list. Just, Jonathan, how are you? Margaret, how are things? Nazrat, haven't bumped into you for some time. How are you? These little things are really, really important. So my closing message for all of you, every one of you can be a leader if you choose to be. I'm hoping you've just given yourself authorization to be a leader. Clarity, certainty, hope. Look out for each other, look after each other. This can be a special year. We're so much stronger together. Everybody in, nobody out. Believe in everyone. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to me.
If any of these topics resonated with you and you'd like to explore further, do get in contact by emailing info at carriol.com.